Hey, this is Alan Fistermaker right. with Pro Wrestling Archives. Uh, me and Rick Smooth are here with uh, Tara Daly. How are you doing today, Tara? I'm pretty good. How are you doing, Rick? All right, Cat. I'm good too, man. Um, Tara, I got a couple questions for you. Um, so, what made you want to get into the wrestling business? Well, I grew up watching Legends. I've been going to wrestling since 2001. And a couple people that inspired me was Devin Moore, Drew Blood, Drew Gulak, Turn Up. Rest in peace. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what what have so you grew up watching? Like, what what shows have you been to uh, live firsthand, and uh, what, what did they do for you? My first show was Ring of Honor 2002 at the Wrestling. Wow. Okay. Wow. Now, uh, Tara, Rick said that you were uh, that you're that you were uh, you're training to be a wrestler. Now, like, uh, where are you training at? I'm actually training at the CZW Academy with Jimmy Reeves. Okay. Now, what are some of your experiences with that that you're, that you're having with your uh, training? It's kind of like it's hard, but it's hard in a way because you're taking a lot of bumps and bruises and your body's not used to it. But I'm learning a lot just from, like, in-ring personality and cutting promos and just learning the business from a worker's point of view and a fan's point of view. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so you said you were training in this combat zone? Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Uh, question for you. What do you think about that video that just came out with um, the, that woman wrestler who was, who was saying all that crazy shit about DJ Hyde? Honestly, I saw it. Honestly, she is right because women shouldn't be dubbed as porn stars. We're we're just as good as men. Yeah. So what exactly happened with that? He he was selling tapes. He was selling matches to softcore porn companies. I don't know. That was before I got into the business, but it's disrespectful to us women because they're looking like, they're looking like us as disrespectful talent, like sleeping in the locker room when we're when we pass our way through wrestling as somebody that we need to stand for because us women stick together by helping each other out by if we need like makeup or extra gear, we actually help out each other, not by just flipping around. Yeah. Okay. No, I should um well, real quick, sorry, Al. Uh, what do you think about like the women's revolution in wrestling, and uh, where do you think it's going to be, maybe five, ten years from now? It depends on what promotion you're talking about. Because with the CZW, there's a lot of women artists, like Valentina, um, Casey Gattel. She's one of my favorite wrestlers to date, and she helps a lot with training or with. Velvet Sky, she inspiration to me. A lot of people think that just because you're fat means you can't wrestle. But I've seen a lot of people, and one of the girls I really, really look up to is Jessica Havoc and Nevaeh. Okay. Now, like, um, 
from the women of uh, wrestling in the past, uh, who has who has inspired you the most to decide you want to you want to pursue training to become a pro wrestler? WWE wise, it was um, Trish Stratus. Ring of Honor wise, and CZW, it was um, Time Time Amy Lee, and of course. Alice in danger. Okay. Yeah, well, Trish Stratus is one of our favorites here at the Pro Wrestling Archives, no doubt. Um, question. Um, so when it comes to the combat zone, what's the training like? Because I mean, I know that their product is really hardcore shit. Like they're always, re- you know, doing the, the the most outlandish kind of shit in the ring. It's really hard because you have to do a lot of but a lot of they're all nice they all help each other out it's just people don't realize when you're training you have to follow the right procedures but then again everything happens for a reason like there's there's days that you might go home with you might go in the combat zone with no bruises but then you're gonna walk out with like thumbtacks up your ass or you're going to come out with, like, a bruise on your shoulder you didn't even know, or you're going to find, like, literally at the last Cage of Death show that I went to in Morehead, New Jersey, I was picking thumbtacks out of my shoes for wow. three hours. After the show was over, I was picking thumbtacks in the Uber, coming home with my sister, picking thumbtacks out of my hoodie. Same thing, wow. same thing at Game Change in Wrestling at DCW. I was picking one show I found. I had glass in my hair, in my bra, and I was wearing two hoodies at Game Change in Wrestling. I still managed to get glass all over me. Don't know how. Wow. And it took me 45 minutes, and I was finding not little pieces. I was finding chunks of glass in my hair, bra, shirt, even in my jeans and in my shoes. I don't know how, but that's the... That's how wrestling You will find stuff in your in your gears that you don't even know. Yeah, it's 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 crazy to to kind of see the legacy that somebody like Mick Foley or Terry Funk has left behind. Now this stuff is just kind of regular, you know, every kind of thing in the business. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, it's different from being a fan and a worker because workers, I can't. It's hard for me not to use. Like, when I'm hanging out with Devin Moore, I can't say, oh, I can't use his real name outside of, like, when I'm at shows. I don't say his real name. I just say, oh, hi, Dad. But when I'm, like, seeing him, like, where he lives, because he only lives about 10 minutes away from me, so I see him on a weekly basis. Okay. Yeah. But it's really, like, but there's a lot of road stories that I, I travel with a lot of wrestlers, and there's, there's some funny road stories, but. You want to share it? <sighs> It was 2016. I was flying from Philadelphia, from Florida to Philly because I lived in Florida at the time. And what part of Florida? Uh, Fort Orlando, Fort Myers. Gotcha. And a group of wrestlers and I, we went to Tony for a cheesesteak. It was Dave Chris, Trey Miguel, Zachary Wentz, 
Kevin Xavier and JT Davidson. It's part of like Scarlet and Great. And it was CZW's annual CZW's annual cage of death. And we went to have a cheesecake and I had a ride, but my ride somehow disowned me. And Dave was like, how are you getting in the show? I was like, oh, I want to take drinks. Like, you can get in the car with us. And the whole time was nothing but fart jokes and men jokes. It was just like, it was just like funny. And then it was like, we saw punch buggies. And then we were like, no punch buggies, no punch buggies. Seeing the only girl in the car, it was weird to sit on the last of Dave, Chris, and Trey Miguel. But if you ever have to learn, Dave Chris taught me some words of wisdom of, and it's always stuck by me even before I got into training. He taught me, keep your eyes ears open and keep your mouth shut. Yeah. And that's when Dave Chris, if you ever are training, always keep your eyes ears and open, but keep your mouth shut because you never know what can happen because you can be on a show, and there might be WWE talent scouts looking at you, and then three days later, you might get signed at WWE. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I know I've done, done my share of training, like, uh, a couple times around, like, last year with uh, Rob Noxus at TCW, Fort Noxus Training Academy, and the training is pretty intense. I, I know, like, uh, the first time I got in the ring, and I was doing back bumps, front bumps, learning how to take, learning how to fall taking chops, it's a, it takes a, a big toll on your body, and, like, it's a, it takes a lot of cardiovascular stamina to do, to do this. Like, I know, like, one thing that Rob would have us do, like, um, each and every time that we uh, go to training, he'd have us warm up by running this hill, which is right outside the uh, right outside the, the school. And one thing that you do learn is you learn a sense of discipline, and uh, because discipline's important, and as well as the psychology in it. And uh, just the most important thing that you learn is, like, um, is safety in the ring, making sure that uh, both you're safe, that your opponent's safe. And I know Rick even uh, got in, did some training himself, too, with uh, Rob's school. Rick, do you want to talk about your experiences uh, training with Stefan? Um, yeah, so uh, I, I did one day, and that was all I wanted to do at that time because I, I, I you know how it is. You, you got to get in there and see for yourself what it's all about. And, um, you know, I've done some, you know, I don't like to, you know, you know, claim this, but I have done backyard. So when I did get into the, the training, I kind of already knew that I was kind of limited when it came to what my body was able to do or what not to do. And I got frustrated with myself and I said, I can't really do this. But the one thing that I do remember is that after I did it, the next day my body actually felt kind of good. And then... You know, the second or third day, I felt like I got hit by a car. Wow. Now, like, I know you, you tried uh, training one time before with uh, with Johnny Logan with uh, Top Rope, and then you trained another time with, uh, with Stefan, like, uh, with CCW. What was the it like? How did you compare both those times? I, I never trained with Johnny Logan, actually. Remember at the, at the old church, you uh, trained with him that one time, I thought? No, no, I, 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 did, I went and watched. Um, I, I did not get really, I, I think I might have got into the ring at one point, but I just watched it and watched him train other people. Uh, I think I might have tried to do like a couple back bumps or something, just fucking around, but uh, no, nah, I wouldn't call that a training session, you know? Okay. 
Um, but but what I would say is, is I'm not counting myself out. I still might do it one day, and and right now my body is still in. Um, you know, like I don't have any real injuries, so I, I could do it, but I kind of went the Jim Ross way, which was like I wanted to find what was me in all this stuff, and I, I found myself to be uh, a decent enough commentator to do it and a good interviewer and just somebody who wants to be behind the scenes, maybe one day even, uh, you know, beyond the, either some creative or some booking or something like that. So that's where my head's at with it all. Okay. But, uh, Tara, I got a question for you. Um, so, when it comes to, when it comes to all these different promotions, what, what's your favorite promotion of all time? My favorite promotion is Rockstar Pro because 2017, I went to Rockstar Pro for the first time, and Dave didn't have to do it. He let me watch a class, and I learned that one night, that three hours of watching him teaching the students, I learned so much. I'm not getting in the ring, but I just learned so much from him. I soaked it all in. And Rockstar Pro is the only promotion besides H2O that gives their students a weekly, what is it, a weekly, like, preschool steps of wrestling. Like they will sit and they will sit and teach you the physical the physicality of wrestling. And if you're doing something wrong, they will point it out to you. They won't because I actually did. I actually walked across the barricade and with their feet better than half the students. That's been wrestling for training for like four or five months before just me watching them. And they did a little expedition match, and you know how we have hecklers, and I was with a heckler, but between Rockstar Pro and TNA and CCW, I have to go with TNA because I'm in the crowd a lot, helping. And they were supposed to bring in Desmond Xavier when OI or OBE came in, and we were supposed to be all pulled out in the crowd in different OI 4K gear. So we can intrude. Like it was supposed to be like Zachary was supposed to be on one side, I was in the middle, Desmond Xavier, Trey Miguel, Myron Reed. We were all supposed to be in the crowd and we were all supposed to like do an invasion of Ohio, like Ohio versus everything. Have signs, but that didn't go through because they didn't like how Ohio was taking over impact them. Now, uh, how did you decide that you wanted to train with uh, CZW Wrestling Academy? I know, like, with all the other wrestling schools out there, how did you uh, decide that you wanted to do your training there? It's because the trainer, one of the trainers, Jimmy Ray, I knew him for so long. I knew him since 2003, and I kind of, I like trusted E-Ray more than anybody with training because then I know that I'm not getting crappy training. I know that I'm, because Jimmy Ray is a 20-year veteran, and i rather, you rather learn from the best than, than, than somebody that's been in the business 10 or 15 years. i rather learn from somebody that has a lot of experience, and Jimmy Ray, I was supposed to be on a show with Jimmy Ray and Prince Nana, 
and Salonara at the embassy. Festival, but something happened. Couldn't go. But it's all good because you never know what life can bring you because one day you can be here and one day you cannot be here. Yeah. yeah that's a good way to look at it. Um. All right. So uh, when it comes to women's wrestling like what what do you want to do with it like like what are some of your goals i really want to be a tag team champion i could see you and your sister doing a tag team <laughs> well yeah me and my sister but i really want to like one of the girls that inspired me right now she has an injury and one of the injuries she had and she was living her best life in japan which is samantha height the lost girl from ohio she actually had to cut her and every wrestler's dream is to go to japan and her dream was cut short because she dislocated her knee and i told her i was like sam it's not the end of the world you have to look at it just take this as a baby step and you'll come back bigger, better, and better than ever. And you can resume your trip to Japan. Okay. Because it happened to her in the middle of a tour, and she got sent home because of her knee. Okay. All right. I can't really think of any more questions right now. Tara, I did have injury. Tara, is Tara, is there anything you'd like to talk about? Like, uh, about anything at all? Injuries? Like, I did get injury. I I had an injury on my arm. I got barbed wire, and I had, like, a fake scar on my arm, which now my tattoo covers it because I... It was back in 2004. Seven, I was helping Ring of Honor at, it was um their fifth year anniversary show in Manhattan, New York, and I was loading up the guardrail with somebody, with Mary Gage, and somebody dropped the guardrail, and we're not talking like your average guardrail, we're talking about steel guardrail, and somehow it dropped and it slit my finger open, and here I am like, like, what am I doing? And so I ran across the street to Walgreens or Drain Weed. It's called Drain Weed. It's like a Walgreens. I literally sewed my finger with a needle on thread by myself. Okay. Now, uh, wow. I have this car. What wow. Was it, what was it like, and how did you get in with uh, helping out with Ring of Honor? I've been going to Ring of Honor since 2002, and I know a lot of the wrestlers from, like, I know Durant, Insane Dragon, Sixty Elax, um, Tony DeVito, H.T. Loke. Okay. Um, Tony DeVito, he was in the Baldies, right? Yeah. Okay. And I remember them. It's so weird because I just saw H.C. Loke in February at the show, and I haven't seen him for, like, almost 13 years. And it's weird, but he still remembered me, and he was like, oh, you're... I was like, yeah, but they don't realize, like, when you're a fan, it's different than when you go to shows because 
really different how I look at it is now since I'm working as a wrestler, training, it's like you have to learn, like, yeah, I do walk around at Walmart now where I work at, and I'm doing what I call the wrestler t-shirt challenge, which is every day during the pandemic, I wore a different wrestler shirt. I wore anywhere from Trey Miguel to Rockstar Pro to CZW to Myron Reed to Jessica Havoc to the shirt I had on today was a Joe Gacy shirt, the Pro WrestleManiac, which my gimmick will be, I'm like kind of like a sweet girl, but I have that, like, that little fast in my attitude. Like, I have, like, a time bomb. Like, if you take me off, I would just explode. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, yeah, so you're in the South Philly area, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that area just bleeds pro wrestling. I mean, from the old Spectrum days to the ECW days, uh, what's it like living down there nowadays? It's pretty good. Like, honestly... I actually, since I've been back in Philadelphia and since I started working at Walmart, I've seen Homicide Brother at Walmart. I seen I, I see Devin Moore on a on a weekly basis now because I live right near him. I see Drew Blood, and it's really cool because Drew Blood and me and Devin we have a joke between us. Which nobody really knows because according to Pennsylvania law, if you're with somebody, you're after seven years, you you are technically married to them. And I brought up this to Drew Blood. And I said, Drew, I was like, aren't you guys married? Because they've been attacking for since I've been a fan of wrestling since Devin was 17 and Drew Blood since they started in the business. And I grew up watching them. And I told Devin more this. I was like, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't love wrestling the way I did. And Rick knows I'm like a hardcore wrestling fan. I'll get underneath your skin. I'll I'll get underneath your skin, but I will. But then I'll say, okay, whatever. And Drew told me, and this is legit, that he was trying to divorce Evermore as a tag team partner. And I said, you're trying to divorce him? He's like, yeah. It was like, okay. Because. I've played so many rips on people, and my best friend, if you want to hear, I'll tell you the rip that we did. Sure. Okay. We actually played a, we actually played a rib on Devin Moore. It was Drew, Drew Blood and me. Somehow I was on the bus in Philly, and I was going to go see Devin for an hour or two. And Drew gets on the bus where I work at, Walmart. And we were, um... I'm just sitting there talking on my phone, having my AirPods in, you know, the basic stupid stuff, right, Rick? I wasn't paying attention. No, I wasn't paying attention to my surroundings with with the bus. I was like, okay, I'll just take my phone call, listen to my music, and I hear this familiar voice. And I'm like, sounds like Drew, sounds like Drew, sounds like Drew. I turn around, I'm like, wait, that's your blood. And so I sat next to him, and he's like, how are you doing? I was like, I'm going to go see Devin. He's like, my Devin? I was like, yeah, you're Devin. And so we started messing with Devin more on my phone, saying this 
Drew, take the bus or drive. He's like, take the bus, wow. I was like, oh. He told me to get off at Spring Garden. And then, so Devin calls Drew and starts cursing at him, saying, why did you make her get off the bus? She's going to the same place you're going to. He's getting off at the same stop. And I said to Devin, I was like, dude, we're just messing around with you. And, and, and then Drew was like, I have to mess with him at least one day, once a day, or my day isn't complete without messing with Debbie. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny because that one little thing made Drew happy of messing with Devin more for the five minutes of messing with him. made Drew like a kid in the for. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, th- I think I think this wraps up the interview, you know. Um, I I can't think of anything else to ask. So, uh, thanks for doing this interview, and uh, you're listening to the Pro Wrestling Archives. Thanks for doing the interview, Tara. You're welcome anytime. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. When night. I get my first when I get my first headshot, I'll sign it to Rick and you say thank you for having me as my as my first interview. And awesome. No problem. No problem. Thanks for doing it. Thanks for doing it. All right. Bye.